Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. And this edition of the podcast is the final part of a four-part edition based upon the joke that I shared three weeks ago and two weeks ago and referred to last week. I heard from some of you that you really thought the joke was fantastic. Other people I know I heard from that didn't like it. But one way or the other, it wasn't the joke that was important. Although I think it's very funny, as I've said, it really doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's the lessons that I find in that joke that are worthwhile to teach, especially leading up to the High Holy Days. So, of course, if you haven't heard the joke, you have to go back a few episodes of the podcast and you'll hear it. And if you need to be reminded of it, you can do that again. But I think if you've been listening right along, you probably remember it well enough to just go on from here. These four messages are important to me, and I think they're very important to stress before the High Holy Days. And this will be the last podcast episode before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The next one will come after Yom Kippur. So I want you to think about these messages as you go into Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to recap them at the end of this episode, because what I'm going to do is share with you the fourth part of the interpretation of the joke, and then the conclusion that I gave when I delivered the sermon in the synagogue several years ago on Rosh Hashanah. Just as a reminder, I'm casting this discussion as if it were being held in the Talmudic yeshiva back 2,000 years ago. And Rabbi Meir had the last words. As with any joke, he said, the key to this story is in the punchline. When the young man expresses the dropkin moment as the moment from which time is measured. Every community has defining moments, watershed moments. For this town, it took place on that memorable night, and at least this one man, the hotel clerk, measured time from before and after that moment. But it appears that that was common within the town. Our own rabbis, he continued, have looked back at the destruction of the temple as a watershed. Just as God willing, he said, a generation in the future will recognize the reestablishment of Jewish sovereignty as such a definitive moment. But it's not only towns and nations that have this experience, he went on. Each of us, each human being, has moments that are transitional, Moments by which time is measured as before and after a particular event. Moments in which the entire world changes. From the moment I met you, I was in love. From the moment I looked into your eyes and held you in my arms for the first time, I knew how much of a miracle life is. From the moment I attended that class, I understood how meaningful Judaism could be. Those are just examples. But we never know when those moments will come. We never know when we wake up in the morning whether we will experience an event or encounter a person or reach a milestone which will change our lives. And that is why our tradition instructs us to value and cherish each day, to choose life at each turn, to look for the moments that are turning points in our lives to be ready for and recognize the turning points in our lives just like we recognize and interpret the turning points of the beloved stories in our texts. 
Every time a story is told, we are given the responsibility to make it eternal. We are given the responsibility to ensure that its messages are not forgotten, and that goes for the stories of our lives as well. And with that, he finished. And the Sanhedrin turned to more important matters, at least matters more directly related to Torah. So that's my conclusion. That's the end of this fanciful fiction. Now I want to speak with my own voice. For a rabbi, these four messages, the four messages I've learned from this story, are critical to consider for a synagogue community. First, our synagogues must always be places of honesty. Places where people feel welcomed enough, comfortable enough, supported enough, and embraced enough to, as Dr. Dropkin did in the first explanation of this joke I gave, to be themselves, to say who they really are, to drop any pretensions, to drop any disguises, to speak their mind, say what you want, express yourself, always see the synagogues a place where questions are asked and answers of all kinds are welcome. The synagogue also must be a place where you're comfortable letting go of the things which are holding you back. Letting go of past disappointments with synagogues or religions in general, the people you might have had serious disagreements with, and see a place to start fresh. And a shul should always be a place where people feel welcome, from the youngest child to the oldest senior, where names are known and recognized where you are welcome to find your place. No one should walk away from a synagogue without having found a way for their name to be known. And if they do, the synagogue should bear that responsibility. And finally, with regard to watershed moments, let me tell you my own story. I applied for the position of rabbi at Beth Israel Congregation in Ann Arbor 35 years ago. I had some other options to consider as well. There were some compelling reasons to go elsewhere. But when I walked into the sanctuary in Ann Arbor for the first time, I said, this is where I want to be a rabbi. From the first moment I walked in, I knew. And I will never forget the impact that moment had. But the synagogue is more than a beautiful Hamish sanctuary. And a couple of years later, as Ellen and I stood on the bima under the chuppah, and then, a couple of years later, with our newborn son at his brit milah, and later with our newborn daughter at her naming, and at their bar and bat mitzvah, I realized how much a synagogue can mean to an individual. A synagogue should be the place where you come to respond to those watershed moments in your life. But there's still more. A synagogue should not only aim to be responsive to those critical moments, it should be a place you experience the transitional moments which, which will change your life as a human being and as a Jew. The place you discover who you really are and who you really can be. There is nothing more meaningful to a rabbi than to hear someone say, I heard something here in the synagogue. I did something here. I met someone here. I experienced something here which changed my life, and I will always measure time by before or after that particular event. So whether it's a watershed moment which the synagogue helped you navigate 
and find the sacred dimension in, or whether the synagogue itself created a watershed moment for you, may you always find your shul to be the place from which you mark time this year and for many years to come. When I gave the sermon based on the Drobkin joke, I ended it this way. I will conclude with one final request. If you tell that joke to your friends after the holiday, whether you start with waiting to hear this great joke our rabbi told, or you'll never believe the chutzpah our rabbi had in telling this horrible joke from the bima, whichever it is, don't forget why I told it to you and the challenge that this story places on all of us to be true to ourselves, to remove from our shoulders that which must be left behind, to consider how our and others' names are known in our communities, and last but certainly not least, to recognize the moments which are in fact the defining moments of our lives and look for the response to those moments or the moments themselves in Shul. I wish you a Shana Tova Umituka, a sweet new year, a meaningful High Holy Day season. And I look forward to sharing more thoughts with you after Yom Kippur. Until then, Shana Tova and thank you.